0: Hey everybody,
1: it's Drags and it's Wednesday, April 24th, time for episode 295 of Patriot Speed on the CLNS Media Network. Find us at clnsmedia.com and of course, as always, follow us on Twitter at Patriots, CLNS. It is finally here. All of those mock drafts are a thing of the past. As of tomorrow, the NFL Draft 2019 style, that week is finally upon us. Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday, 32 NFL teams will be reloading and restocking their rosters with the best young talent out there. How will the Patriots use their 12 picks, if indeed they use all 12, which is unlikely? How will they use those picks in the draft to restock and reload? We've spoken to CLNS colleague Evan Lazar and Mike Dussault of PatsPropaganda.com in the last couple of weeks. This week... I want to welcome someone who pays particular attention to roster building throughout the season and does a great job of it for Pro Football Focus, Louis Benjamin of Pro Football Focus and ProFootballFocus.com. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Louis. L-O-U-I-E. Welcome aboard, Louis. How you doing?
0: I'm great, Chags. Thanks for having me on.
1: Uh, it's going to be, uh, Half hour of uh, fun and excitement building up the draft like everybody else and their brother has since the end of uh, Super Bowl 53. You getting much sleep?
0: No. Um, <laughs> combined with the draft, I also have a two-year-old who Aww. doesn't like to sleep a lot.
1: <laughs> well, you know what? That just gets you in more prime shape and gets you uh, ready for the focus and the intensity of what's about to happen. So, Yeah, it's I, resistance training. Yeah, it's totally what it is, Louis. It's resistance training. I appreciate that. Tom Brady <laughs> would appreciate that, too. For sure, it builds up pliability mentally. Um, here's a serious question: You folks do an amazing job at PFF of breaking down literally thousands and thousands of hours of film on players at different positions. But what we what we really don't know, Louis, is how a particular organization rates a particular player, right? Doesn't it right. really come down to how a team, specifically GM scouts and obviously the coaching staff, feel a player will fit into their system?
0: right i mean that's a lot of it um with certain positions especially like a wide receiver where the you'll see rankings all over the place just depending on what type of player you're looking for um and we try to figure that out but then there's also some positions that are pretty much translatable to most schemes and those those are the players you'll see rise to the top
1: you know and the point is we we think we know what a particular team needs or wants or has vacancies for like Obviously, the Patriots lose Rob Gronkowski, right? So we figure they might want a tight end and draft uh, a competent, um, you know, comparable, I should say, tight end uh, to kind of slot into that position. But it doesn't always work out that way, especially with the Patriots who, as we have heard time and time and time again, stick usually to the best player on the big board.
0: Yeah, who would have thought they would have drafted two offensive players with their two first-round picks last year? Everyone was predicting defense to get younger on that side of the ball. But yeah, you really can't predict what the Patriots are going to do, um, especially with what Bill's thinking. You never know.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, as it turned out, you know, what he did last year on the first round with his two first-round picks to take Sony Michelle, who scored the only touchdown in 50, Super Bowl Fifty-Three and Isaiah Wynn, who slots in as the left tackle uh, to replace Trent Brown uh, this year. You know, those are two key picks that, you know, he's, again, smarter than your average bear, and he's always looking forward. And that is something I think people have to keep in mind when they watch how the Patriots, in particular, and this is, again, a Patriots audience, for the most part, listening to us. Um, that's how the Patriots think.
0: Yeah, and with Sony Michel, uh, we didn't have a first-round grade on him. We generally don't rate running backs that high um, value-wise. But for what they did this last year, you saw it. They focused on the running game, and that's what got the job done for him.
1: Do you really think Cleland Farrell, um, an eggs rusher, uh, could be available for him at 32? Because uh, I'm going back to your uh, mock draft of uh, your Patriots-specific mock draft from a tweet of uh, April 16th. And the very first player, certainly uh, a lot of people have them taking some type of eggs rusher. But Cleland Farrell, do you think out of Clemson he could be available?
0: I think he could because uh while he was a you know a solid starter, he didn't test you know out of the charts um as an edge, and there is probably six or seven guys who might go in the first round from the edge position um and we have him rated right around at the end of the first round early second as far as grade wise, so um it's possible he could be there, I think
1: so um as we all know, um the second guy you have them taking at fifty six um, again, indeed, if they there are no trades and they don't trade uh, a good number of their 12 draft picks, which I think they will, but uh, if they stick to chalk pretty much in the first two days, at 56, you see them taking Dexter Lawrence. What's interesting about this, and I spoke to Evan Lazar a couple of weeks ago about this, Dexter Lawrence is a different type of uh, defensive lineman. He can do essentially what you know a Vince Wilfork or a Malcolm Brown did uh and that is you know play more inside take a take up two gaps where a Clellan Farrell is a pure eggs rusher
0: yeah Dexter Lawrence is a huge human being but for a man his size he's a great athlete and he actually graded very well in the pass rush for us too so very versatile and I'm sure Belichick would love to have a player like that especially at 56 when a lot of people have them picking him in the first round
1: What's also interesting, is um, you know, you have Dexter Lawrence falling. Uh, I wouldn't say you know like a rock, but if he would def- would fall to fifty six, that's certainly m- more of a dip or more of a uh, precipitous fall than before the bowl season when you know obviously he was suspended and got into trouble with what you know you know he has maintained was an accidental uh, PED use.
0: Right, and the coach vouches for him, and I really don't put too much stock into that at this point. Um, and with this mock draft, is just the way kind of it fell. I'm not necessarily thinking he'll be there, but he was available at that pick, so of course I took him.
1: Yeah, and uh, how exactly did your mock draft break down? Was it, you know, the staff getting together and um, going through, you know, picks, you know, one after another? How, how, what was kind of the structure of the mock?
0: Well, this – um particular one was just one of those websites that puts in, like, the consensus rankings and then makes the picks. And then when it's your pick, you make the pick.
1: Gotcha. And uh, the, the other thing I want to talk about is, you know, if you're the Patriots and you're talking about loading up on a particular side of the ball, is this the year they finally um, go after finding Tom Brady's replacement a couple of years down the road?
0: If there's a guy there they like, take him. Um, I don't think you force it. Um, I wouldn't really be interested in taking one in the first round unless it's a guy they absolutely love. And the only guy I really love is Kyler Murray, and I really don't think he's going to be there. Maybe he falls a little bit within range of trading up. But other than that, I would be open to taking one in the second, third round, like a Will, Will Greer if he's there. Definitely uh, could take someone like that.
1: Yeah, and there has been a lot of talk about that. Uh, speaking with Louis Benjamin of ProFootballFocus.com, you can follow him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Louie. All right, Louie, um, the story breaking, you know, over the weekend, late last week and into the weekend, was that <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals kind of put out a flyer, um, on whether or not their fan base would go for, you know, drafting Kyler Murray <laughs> number one overall, and now the story is that they're kind of, you know, they, the the inclination is not to take Kyler Murray first overall. Do you think the truth is somewhere in between?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's. I would say they're probably just uh, covering all their bases. Like if they get an offer that's too good to refuse like a ton of draft picks maybe they'll be tempted to do that um if I were them I would I think taking Murray's the right move um because you're you're getting an upgrade at the most important position
1: yeah you you believe that then you believe that um
0: if they haven't I don't buy anything this time of year that comes out any type of rumors
1: yeah and I think that's pretty smart of you not to do that I mean look all of the GMs know what they're going to – really know what they want to do, but they're not going to let a, any other uh, teams know publicly. They're not going to show their hand. They're just not going to do that. And I think that's one. Th- that's why I asked it at the top of this podcast, is I think we really have to step back in the hours leading up to uh, Thursday night and understand that we really don't know what these teams want and see in different players.
0: Right. Everybody's got a different board. Um, everybody wants different things. They want to build their team their own way, um, and it's it's you'll see how teams value their players on draft day when they make the picks that they are stuck with.
1: So, um, the auxiliary to that, or the corollary to that, uh, of course, Louis is, uh, what do they do with Josh Rosen? And what do you think, do you think from what you know, uh, on f- having watched him on film and knowing what the Patriots want in a backup, do you think Josh Rosen would make sense in New
0: England? It depends on what I know about Tom Brady. If If I know he's going to be here for three more years, what's it going to take to get Josh Rosen your first round pick? I don't know if I'd want to take. Right a backup QB, you know, with a first-round pick.
1: I think you've got to make the assumption Tom Brady's at least playing here two more years. Two more years, right, yeah. And and assuming, you know, his contract ends 2019, i got to assume that they're going to, you know, get the extension done, maybe even before draft night on Thursday night. It's got to get done. I mean, the Patriots have to, you know, somehow find a way to knock down that $27 million cap figure This year, and I figure if that gets done, then they know better what they want the backup quarterback position.
0: Right, then you know what you need to do. And if I knew Brady was only if there was possible he would be done after this year, then definitely Josh Rosen, here's my 32. Come on over.
1: So, what did you think of Josh Rosen this past year? I mean, there were a lot of people who feel that he had a you know, he had mixed reviews and that there were some games. He came in, he looked very, very strong. I believe it was against Seattle. He had a very good game. And then there are other games where he struggled quite a bit to make the right reads or was late making reads.
0: Yeah, I think we saw with, he definitely had his time struggling, but we saw with Jared Goff's rookie year that it can be turned around when you have a better surrounding cast. And he really had a rough first year, but I liked him coming out of college. I think he was worthy of a top 10 pick for sure and I don't think anything's changed since then from what we've seen so
1: what do you see in tape on Andy Isabella is a fascinating fascinating uh prospect to the wide receiver out of UMass and you have him mocked as the uh, third overall pick for the Patriots or the third pick of the Patriots at 64 overall what do you see from Andy Isabella
0: um, like my colleague Mike Renner likes to compare him to Brandon Cooks, and I love that. Um, he's got the speed. He's a deep threat. He was second in the class for us for deep receiving yards. That's uh receptions over 20 yards, um, and he really didn't show much in the underneath game. Like People compare him to Julian Edelman, but he hasn't done that at all. He's not right. an underneath route runner. That's not his game, at least as of yet, so... I like him as definitely bring him into the offense and put him in the Brandon cooks position.
1: And right after that, you have miles Boykin. What do you, what do you like about miles Boykin, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame?
0: Um, athletically, he checks all the boxes. Uh, he's big. He can catch contested catches. He ran, he tested off the charts at the combine. Um, you love all that. And in the third round, that's, you know, a lot of upside there. He, um, where he was lacking for a guy his size. He didn't break a lot of tackles, um, so you, that's a concern. But I think at, in the third round, that's a great value and definitely a lot of potential.
1: Um, and have you taken a close look at their depth chart lately? A reason I ask this, it's fascinating how it changes uh, from week to week to week in the off offseason. Um, and now, if you're a believer that the Patriots can get some juice out of 31-year-old Demarius Thomas. They have Edelman, they have Demarius Thomas, they have Philip Dorsett, and then, you know, just a lot of question marks uh, starting, I think, uh, with Braxton Berrios. And the reason I start, and I said this a couple of weeks ago with Evan Lazar, and uh, mentioned it again last week, you don't know if if Braxton Berrios is going to be their uh, Cordero Patterson, somebody who can return kicks as well.
0: Yeah, sure. He we didn't see anything of him last year. Maybe they know better than us. I'm sure they do of what to expect from him this year, but he's basically another rookie coming in and um maybe they count him that way as just another draft pick uh to expect. Um hopefully he can uh, contribute and they're going to count him and not take another receiver because they have him coming back.
1: Here's another wild card I want to ask you about, Louie. Speaking with Louie Benjamin of ProFootballFocus.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at PFF underscore Louie. Austin Safarian Jenkins. Um, he started out with Tampa Bay, um, played, I believe it was a year with the Jets, and then moved on to Jacksonville. He showed a lot of promise earlier in his career and then really flattened out. What do you think of that acquisition for the Patriots?
0: Yeah, he never really lived up to his potential, at least as of yet. Um, he graded out pretty well recently as a run blocker. And, um, he is a, he's been a starter in this league. So that's more than they had after Gronk retired. So he's pretty much their best tight end at the moment, but I wouldn't expect any type of breakout season from him. He's kind of showing he's not that type of player.
1: So. I mean, there's the two Iowa tight ends. There's Irv Smith. There's a, there are options if they choose to do that at the end of the first round. And I, I tem I'm tempted to think that if Irv Smith is on the board and the Nick Saban, Bill Belichick connection with Alabama naturally, I, I gotta think that there's going to be a strong temptation for the Patriots to take Irv Smith.
0: Yeah. He's definitely a, a good receiver. He's not really a complete tight end, but um, if they're just looking to replace one facet of what you got from Gronk, which was um, a downfield threat, uh, you know, another target for Brady, he led the class in yards per route run uh, for tight ends. He led the class with a perfect passer rating when targeted. Um, so you're, you're getting a good receiver from him for wow, sure. Wow.
1: I, I did not know that. He, he is, he graded out that highly in terms of just pure Pass receiving skills at the tight end position?
0: Yes, uh, 2.66 yards per route run, which was in line with some of Gronk's best years in the NFL. Obviously, college is different than the NFL, but that's still very high.
1: So, Louis, that's, that's fascinating to me because, I you know, knowing Belichick and having been on, you know, countless conference calls with him, he spoke at length about the blocking skills of Rob Gronkowski and how critical those were, um, those skills are uh, in the Patriots offense overall, and, and Josh McDaniels likewise spoke very highly of, of Gronk's ability to block, but I don't know. I mean, if if he is that strong of a passing target and they feel that he can get on the same page running those routes with Brady, I think that there's going to definitely be the temptation
0: he's in the mold of the other tight end that we used to have that was really good. And he's not as much of a blocker, but still just as much of a threat. And, yeah, it would be a temptation to take him for sure.
1: I want to go back, uh, Louis, uh, talk about how Isaiah Wynn graded out a couple of years ago out of uh, Georgia uh, as a tackle and what you see in his strengths and why you think the Patriots project him Uh, Pretty strongly as Trent Brown's replacement at left tackle.
0: Um, They got to be counting on him, right? They took a first round pick um, on him. So (laughs) it's, I don't know what, how his recovery is going to be coming off his injury. Um, It's usually a tough one to come back from, but we graded him very highly. um, And we love that the Patriots were planning to at least try him out at tackle because, you know, too many teams or we think a lot too many teams just shoehorn uh, players into the interior because they're not the prototype or whatever. But um, he played tackle in his career at college at Georgia and he was as productive as any tackle we graded. And I, I think he can do it if he's still the athlete that he was.
1: Tell us a little bit about uh, another Alabama prospect that is kind of fascinating to me simply because of the age in the secondary and the safety position. That's Delonte Thompson, again out of Nick Saban School, Alabama. Uh,
0: Deontay Thompson. Yeah, he had a lot more hype uh, coming into the season, right? But his, he, he did. And he fell
1: off a, a little bit, but this is uh, Deontay Thompson strikes me as somebody maybe takes a little bit to develop but in terms of his ability to go back and forth between free and strong if he did any of that at Alabama and whether or not the reason I'm asking about that is because the patriots love their versatile safeties safeties that can go back and forth uh and you know get play closer to the box or or drop in coverage
0: sure and he did a little bit of uh both he w- he made some plays from center field that Few NFL safeties can make, and he's solid against the run. Uh, although his grade did go down this season from the season before, but um, coming from Alabama, that would not surprise me if they took a chance on him and maybe get a value because this value has dropped since the past season.
1: What is the most enjoyable thing to you about like evaluating all of these players and and watching hours and hours of film? What what, what satisfaction do you get? out of of grading these players? What's the most enjoyable part of it all?
0: Um, A few things. Like obviously when you see a guy you like who um, has a great game or whatever and then you follow him and see how he develops and see if you end up being right on him. And then you also get to see like players who have a lot of hype who you're actually seeing every play from them and they make a great play but then the rest of their game tape is just kind of – not impressive, and you're wondering, like do these people actually you know watch most of the games, or are they just seeing the the, the highlight highlight, films? right yeah
1: <laughs> well and and the other thing that uh Bill Belichick talks about a lot is and goes over his uh goes over this with his scouts and his assistant coaches, but primarily his scouting department is what kind of competition were they going up against? Uh, and I want to get a sense from you, if you have that same type of scale when you're grading players, if they're going up against lesser competition, do you take that into account or do you not?
0: Yeah, when we're making our prospect rankings, we definitely take that into account. And that's that's part of the context of getting all the uh, rankings our grades on a raw scale do not take into competition, um, so that's why we go back through and say, why did he grade this way in this game and not in that game, and then we'll move pro- uh, prospects up and down based on that.
1: How much conversation is there back and forth uh, with other folks in the office or conference calls? How, how much back and forth is there in terms of grading players, or do you um, grade positions. How does it break down internally? I'm curious.
0: When we're doing grades throughout the season, um, we do it like on a game-by-game basis. So you're grading the whole game, everybody in that game, every play, every player. Um, but then, yeah, we talk about players we like and all that, of course, throughout the week. Um, we Our office, quote-unquote, is Skype, um, since a lot of us work remotely. So yeah. we communicate through Skype like we're doing this interview. <laughs> Um, and yeah, we just chat and, uh, like anybody would, but I'm
1: curious, Louie, what are some of the other storylines of this draft besides Kyler Murray at number one, whether or not the, uh, Cardinals are sending out smoke signals or whether or not they're, you know, trying to, uh, test the waters, stick their hand in the wind and see which way the wind's blowing. What other storylines are appealing
0: to you in this draft? Um, I would say like players like Rashawn Gary, who, you know, is one of the most elite athletes on a pure just testing scale. But for us, we haven't ranked as a second rounder on our uh, ratings just because he didn't play like his uh, athleticism says he should. And that's where his production was. So players like him, uh, Montez Sweat, who graded better, but still not where his athleticism said he, you know, you might see. And then on a Patriots, more Patriots-centric note, I would say Jerry Tillery. Um, a lot right. of people think he's a option at thirty-two. We have him ranked as a top ten prospect, um, and he compares favorably to um, out of drafted by the 49ers a couple of seasons ago, uh, DeForest Buckner. Um, athletically and all that, production-wise, he's just as good as him coming out of college.
1: I'm so, curious, so. Louie, what do you think of Dwayne Haskins uh, out of Ohio State? Because, you know, he threw for 50 touchdowns in the Big Ten, and he was considered quite a leader at Ohio State, but it was just one year, and and I'm curious whether or not an NFL team sees one year of Dwayne Haskins um, at Ohio State setting records, and that's enough to say we're de- he is definitely somebody uh, we project going forward. We
0: have him as our second QB um, of first-round talent. If you need a QB, I think it's definitely worth the risk. Obviously, the production was off the charts, but – and it was one year, but the value of hitting is so, it so outweighs the, uh, you know, the risk if you miss, right. Just because you'll be back there again in the top 10 pick and you can take another shot. But if you hit, you know, that's, it's worth 50 times the risk.
1: And I'm qu- uh, let's go back to the 2018 draft for a second. What, what you thought of the quarterback class there and Sam Darnold. And I think a lot of Patriots fans are wondering if Sam Darnold started to show signs late in the year last year of being the quarterback he was projected to be?
0: Yeah, for his second half of the season, he was, I think, the top quarterback graded in our system, or it was a stretch that he was really high up there. So it's definitely something to worry about in the future if he can keep that up. Um, and he, we had him, uh, I believe, as our second QB as well, coming out of the draft.
1: What did you like so much about what you saw from Sam Darnold in the second half of the season?
0: Uh, He just made more plays and cut down on his mistakes. His big bugaboo um, in his final season at USC was he threw in a coverage a lot, made a lot of uh, unforced errors, turnover-worthy plays, we call them. Um, But he's always been high in the big-time throws is another metric we use, and he showed that he could improve upon that. You know, cutting down on the bad plays and making more good plays.
1: Speaking with Louis Benjamin of ProFootballFocus.com dot com and follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Louis. Um, how can people follow you? You know, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and obviously going forward as the process of like analyzing each team's draft goes
0: forward from spring into summer yeah uh profootballfocus.com uh we have youtube uh we have instagram um facebook we're everywhere um mike renner is going to be doing live draft uh recap as it goes and also sam and steve have uh something on mbc sports but it'll be uh, everything you can find on the twitter for sure um And get Pro Football Focus Edge. It comes with a draft guide or elite if you want to go that route. And it has everything on every prospect in the draft. Uh, We've charted every game of the FBS season this past season. Every play, every player, every snap, everything you need to know is in there. There
1: there is nobody. And I... Do not say this just as an advertisement. I don't say this um, as a thank you, Louie, for coming on the podcast, the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Media. Nobody has done more review of film than Pro Football Focus. And you guys have just such a voluminous library, and the statistical and analytical breakdown is phenomenal. And I highly recommend anybody who wants to really be up on what's going to happen Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to go over to profootballfocus.com and sign up because for my money and I'm in the business and I write for a living and I'm, you know, cover the Patriots for a living, it is worth its weight in gold.
0: I appreciate that, Trags. At, when I look through the database, I learn new things every time I do, just because of all the data we have at our fingertips.
1: And believe me, in this day and age, yes, sometimes people can get overwhelmed with data, and yes, sometimes there's uh, you know paralysis by analysis, but you've got to know what you're reading first, and you want to have the data available to you. And if you're a pro football fan and you want to know what your team is going to do in the next three days uh, of the NFL, draft you've got to go to profootballfocus.com want to thank everybody for downloading today's podcast thank our great guest louis benjamin from pro football focus you can and should be following him at pff underscore louis for producer mike alongi and the founder of the network nick gelso this is mike petralia and this has been the patriots beat podcast powered by clns media